Welcome to part two of episode eight of our podcast series. This features material from our January 2022 print edition of the Future Leaders Communicate. In part two, we present three perspectives about teams, which include frank and honest views from a junior medical officer and an allied health professional. To round out this episode, Professor Joe Ibrahim provides a short commentary about recognising the role of junior doctors in promoting patient safety. And of course, we conclude with comments from our peers. Let's now listen to the commentary by Dr. Georgette Patch, titled Views from the Inside, a junior doctor's views on teamwork and patient safety, which will be followed by a commentary by Sally Eastwood, titled Views from the Outside, an allied health professional about junior doctors and teams. Commentary number one, views from the inside, a junior doctor's views on teamwork and patient safety from Dr. Georgette Patch, Hospital Medical Officer, Victoria, Australia. Commencing a career as a medical professional during a global pandemic was always going to prove a challenge. Flexibility and adaptability are more important than ever as the clinical landscape continues to change and the role of a junior doctor evolves. Within this, there is an even greater emphasis on being a junior doctor who is an active member of a well-functioning team in providing patient-centred care. As interns entering the first year of clinical practice, we have been taught from early in medical school that communication, collaboration and organisation are the keys to a successful career. Perfect these skills and you will be a well-respected junior within the treating team. It feels obvious to say that working well in a team is an essential skill for an intern, but as highlighted in these case studies, when the treating teams do not work collaboratively amongst themselves, the outcome for patient safety can be catastrophic. In retrospect, it was incredibly naive to enter my internship, assuming that the medical team I was allocated to would be the main and most important team to be part of. While it certainly plays a big role, I would argue that the most important team that contributes to patient safety is made up of every person who is involved in the patient care from the moment they enter the hospital to the day they leave. A team is a group of people working towards a common goal, and in our case, that goal is assisting our patients to return to health and return home. Sure, a patient may be deemed medically fit for discharge, but without a pharmacist to administer a Webster pack, an occupational therapist to provide rails and a shower chair, physiotherapist to provide a mobility aid, nursing staff to give urinary catheter self-management education, or ward clerks to book transport home. How can we ensure patient safety on discharge? A good intern is one who is an active contributor to the team. One way in which our role has adapted during the time of visitor restrictions is that we need to step up and be our patient's advocate within the larger treating team. As an intern, you spend all day every day on the ward and will get to know your patients well. As such, you will know their history, progress and discharge plan. You must actively contribute this knowledge to the team as these are integral to better patient outcomes. During this year, I have found that teamwork takes on many more forms. It is the camaraderie amongst peers of acknowledging that we are all in this together and we need to take time out to look after ourselves and each other. It is important to remember that you will not be alone in feeling overwhelmed during your internship, particularly as the uncertainty continues and that there are always people to talk to. 
Always ask for help. Your teammates around you have years of clinical experience and provide a wealth of knowledge. And remember, to be an active contributor to a functional team, it is essential that you look after yourself first to then be able to look after your patient. Teamwork and patient safety are intricately intertwined within the healthcare system, and it is essential that any junior doctor entering this workforce acknowledges the importance of both. Interns are an important cog in the wheel of patient care and are a valued member of the many teams they make up. This concludes the commentary titled A Junior Doctor's Views on Teamwork. Commentary number two, views from the outside, an allied health professional about junior doctors and teams from Sally Eastwood, occupational therapist, Ballarat Health Service. From the outside looking in, it must be hard for junior doctors to fully immerse themselves into a new team each new rotation. It is equally as hard for the pre-existing team members to learn to trust and rely on the new junior doctor every three months. After 15 years of working as an allied health professional within multidisciplinary teams on a range of inpatient wards, I have a sense of which teams are working well together and with the junior doctor allocated to the clinical service. The better functioning teams are those where everyone communicates regularly, are working towards a common goal and help each other during the busy times. Over my career, I have worked closely with over 225 junior doctors and observed triple that number in other teams. It has become very easy to see which junior doctors will easily fit into the team and which ones will find it challenging. Starting out in clinical practice is exciting. After all those years studying at medical school, you now get to practice what you have learned. What's important to remember is that you're only just starting out and that there are nurses and allied health professionals that have been working in a team or on a ward for decades. Join the team actively by respecting their experience and soaking up their knowledge. They have an abundance of real-world information to share if you would only ask. Don't forget, those years of experience might just save you and your patient from harm. If you don't know, ask. If you don't know the names of staff, ask. If you don't know the rules of the team, ask. Every team and every hospital are different. Check your role in the team and how it fits in with the allied health team. Ask if the occupational therapist normally completes the cognitive assessments or if it is your role. Ask who coordinates the discharges so you know who to liaise with about when a patient will be ready to go. All this information is valuable and if you don't ask, you don't know. Be active and join the team. While it's important to be realistic and accept that not every colleague or every team is going to hit it off, the key to success is being interested, inquisitive and open to learning. These characteristics will always put a junior doctor in good stead to becoming an integral part of the team. My advice for junior doctors starting out at a new hospital, department or ward is to actively join the team. Introduce yourself to the team members around you Sometimes you may need to do this a few times, so don't be shy. Learn the names of the staff. If you forget, ask again. I would prefer someone to admit they have forgotten my name and ask again, rather than have those repeated awkward moments where they do not address me for the next three months. Remember to ask about and learn the whole team members. This includes clinical support staff, such as ward clerks and domestic staff.
Teams want to embrace junior doctors. Junior doctors are a crucial part of the team. For one, they are often the most accessible part of the medical team, and they are in the most abundance. If you are hesitant to contact the senior medical specialist, imagine how we feel about having to approach them. We would far prefer to be talking to you. Teams want to embrace the junior doctors, so it is important to jump on board and meet us halfway. Mutual respect and a passion for patient care is essential. The other staff, both clinical and clinical support, find it very easy to pick the junior doctors who are simply biding their time and just going through the bare minimum required from the enthusiastic and attentive junior doctor who is dotting their I's and crossing the T's. For those junior doctors just biding their time, the team will only ask for help and answer your questions if absolutely necessary. That pattern of behaviour leads to mistakes and important things getting missed. You don't have to love the area to do a good job. Also, in those situations, the team will likely bypass you and instead seek out the registrar or consultant to get our questions answered, which makes the consultant wonder why. We have a shared goal. Just remember we are all here working for the best possible outcome for our patients. Coming up next are another two commentaries. One is about working with clinical teams over the past five decades, and the other looks at recognising the role of junior doctors in promoting patient safety. This section of the podcast concludes with comments from our peers. Let's now listen. Commentary number three. Teams over five decades, from intern and registrar to the whole of system, from Professor Joseph Ibrahim. Teamwork is an overused term that often becomes meaningless to health professionals or to groups of people that are clearly physically and geographically co-located. Teamwork is about working with others. It is a fundamental part of healthcare and society and nearly everyone considers themselves a good team player. It's regarded in a similar vein to clinician-patient communication, a skill that nearly everyone considers themselves to excel at when the reality is quite different. Pause for a moment and consider the membership of the team you were part of in delivering patient care. Who did you count on in your team? How many teams did you count? Did you think of teams that were not immediately visible to you? The term team-based care is often interpreted as a multidisciplinary clinical group of three to ten professionals of medical practitioners, nurses, allied health staff. This is somewhat simplistic and misleading. It is damaging because it fails to recognise the contributions of all staff to operating a health service. In more concrete terms, the interns that are commencing their first year of practice arrive on a hospital ward and are allocated to their medical team comprising perhaps a hospital medical officer, a registrar and a consultant. That's their medical team. There is another, a second team the intern is a part of the clinical specialty service team, which perhaps includes with specialist nurse consultants, allied health staff, and a pharmacist. The third team is the ward team, the clinical support staff, the ward clerk, administrative assistants, cleaners, food services. The fourth team is the medical workforce team who are responsible for managing rosters, shifts, and ensuring adequate medical staffing. The fifth team are your fellow interns, and the sixth team, and so it goes on. With each passing decade, the teams we are part of grow in number and size. Sometimes the team is so large, we don't recognize we belong. 
The pandemic is the perfect example. Every health professional is part of the national efforts in keeping the healthcare system operational and protecting the well-being of the population. The system is interconnected and those connections become visible as we traverse the different parts of it throughout our career. In a technical description, we have teams at micro, meso and macro levels. That is, teams with specific goals in managing direct patient care, management of the ward, operating the hospital, managing the whole health service for a geographic region and contributing to the national efforts. Understanding that we are all part of multiple teams at the same time in a healthcare service allows us to contribute better to improve our team function, patient safety and our workplace environment. This has never been more important as moral injury has featured around healthcare workers during the pandemic. This is psychological harm that occurs when we see patients die or receiving suboptimal care, feeling powerless to assist and receiving little support for the failures that are outside of our control. There is a fascinating and brief paper by Tannenbaum and colleagues published by the journal BMJ Quality and Safety in 2021 that provides some tips about teamwork in a pandemic that is worth reading and sharing with your team. The article includes a tabulation of seven recommendations with advice that is actionable during a crisis. They identify the stresses affecting team performance at an individual, team, organisation levels, as well as work-life stresses. The seven tips are 1. Recognise wins and successes. 2. Ensure the team sustains shared mental models. 3. Don't forget the people behind the scenes. 4. Emphasise and promote team mutual monitoring. 5. Take actions that build and sustain psychological safety. 6. Help team members address concerns with their home life. And 7. Consciously boost team resilience. This concludes the commentary titled Teams Over Five Decades. Expert commentary number two. Junior Medical Staff and Patient Safety from Professor Joseph Ibrahim, Department of Forensic Medicine, Monash University. An aspect that has become evident during the pandemic is the propensity for the pandemic emergency response being almost entirely top-down. While an emergency needs clarity and definitive leadership, what is often missing is consideration, involvement and understanding of the staff working at the bedside and the nature of their work. This leads to implementation strategies on unfounded assumptions or textbook-like versions of how the healthcare system functions. This is potentially dangerous as effective interventions require planning based on understanding how work is done and the capabilities of the people on the ground, not a theoretical construct. A decade on from our original work in promoting the role of junior doctors, we hope we have helped change the traditional perceptions of them. That is one of being a high-risk group with little experience and with nothing of value to contribute is an antiquated view. This stereotype disempowers junior doctors who have much to offer. The body of work completed by our guest Future Leaders Communique editors highlights the value of their insights and should stand as an example for other junior doctors to contribute whenever and wherever they can. Junior doctors enter the healthcare setting with fresh ideas and the perspectives of a beginner. 
someone who asks, why is work done this way? As such, they are more likely to perceive practices that are long-standing and unquestioned, but no longer valid. Junior doctors are more diverse than ever before and enter practice at a chronologically older age than past cohorts. This brings different values, belief systems and life experience into healthcare. The benefits of diversity are twofold. First, better comprehension of the diverse patients' preferences and values. Second, changes to improve entrenched and dysfunctional aspects of the healthcare culture. Junior doctors have more recent education and training, especially of the non-technical skills like teamwork. This currency of training brings up-to-date knowledge of clinical care standards and less deviation from optimal practice. Junior doctors have often previously worked in other professions or disciplines since the advent of medical school graduate entry programs. This has created a new cohort of junior doctors with new perspectives and better understanding of healthcare and the different roles of non-medical staff. Finally, junior doctors are at the patient bedside and have an in-depth understanding of the day-to-day needs and pressures of working in the healthcare system. This makes for unique insights and observations that could redesign practices to be more efficient and effective, especially around rostering or scheduling of individual and team duties. Medical practitioners are highly influential on the quality of care delivered in healthcare organisations. Junior doctors must continue to challenge the traditional perceptions of workplace practice, especially during the pandemic, if we are to collectively achieve what is needed. This concludes the commentary titled Junior Medical Staff and Patient Safety. Comments from our peers. As an intern, I felt like I was being pulled in a million different directions. How was I meant to have the time to communicate to every member in the healthcare team? Time would teach me that actually by communicating effectively, I would work more efficiently and have the benefit of an experienced team that wanted to help me. My first impressions after reading this issue is that the skills needed to contribute to a well-functioning team are often hard to learn and practice because we often don't receive any formal teaching on it. Being part of so many different micro and macro level teams can make us feel as if we belong everywhere and yet nowhere. Be mindful of the value you contribute to a team. As a junior doctor, you may have a fresh perspective or understanding of a patient's concerns that your team wants to hear, so speak up. The disconnect between senior managers and on-the-floor staff is a real barrier that is important to overcome. That concludes part two of episode eight of our podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this two-part episode. Remember, the online print versions are available at our website at www.thecommunicates.com also include a list of the recommended resources and references for this edition. I'm Brendan Marcy. Thanks for listening.